look at you I can't keep still You're It's a matter of time, I suppose Welcome to Watchmen Minute Where we're discussing the 2009 Zack Snyder film Watchmen One minute at a time I'm Eric Nash My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes Podcast and uh, I'm Jesse Reed. I'm an actor who was in Watchmen. Wow, g- great to have you on, uh, Jesse. How you yeah. doing? Thanks. Thanks for having me. Our, fir- our first actor. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, I actually didn't get to play a part in it, but uh, Travis <laughs> did previously uh, interview uh, David Hayter. Oh, really? Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. We had that special episode. You guys, wow, you, wow, that. that's crazy. Congratulations, that's crazy. Uh, he was he was great. Very. Uh, very willing to, to talk and, and he was awesome. So, but you know what? Those guys are all like fans from what I remember of like right. the crew and stuff like that. And you know, Larry Fong. Sure. Got to oh, yeah. give it up, man. He's cool. He's always like, he's on Twitter. He's like heavy on Twitter. Yeah. I've... Retweeting shit mm-hmm. and like replying to people and stuff. <laughs> yeah. They're cool, man. Right on. Um, I guess we should say in case anyone doesn't know, but you play uh young bird. Were you, was it Young Bernie? Is that what you were? That's right. Well, I mean, Young Bernie is like sort of his like nickname, but okay. In the in the yeah. in the Watchmen movie, it's it's teenager at newsstand, which oh, okay. is honestly a a proud <laughs> a proud moniker. Me and um, old Bernie, mm-hmm. Jay, played by Jay Brazow, he's uh, he's he's news vendor, and I'm teenager at newsstand. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish it would have been like old Bernie and young Bernie, you know. Well, I mean, that would have been that would have been cute, but <laughs> I don't know. There's something because this is the movie version mm-hmm. of like something they said could never be made into a movie, and <laughs> I, you know what? Like from what I like, my opinion, maybe it's not a well liked opinion, but I think I think they did. It really is a movie. <laughs> so like, that teenager is... <laughs> at newsstand. Um, I've had eleven years to think about it. I'm proud of it. Yeah, right on. Because it's the movie version. It is 100% a movie. There's yeah. no denying that. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this uh, in this movie, this is uh, minute 88 that we're going to discuss today on uh, Wednesday. It starts with Laurie taking out Agent Forbes and ends with Adrian meeting businessmen who are th- threatening to look closer into Adrian's loyalties. That's a mouthful. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So what is it like to be Agent Forbes? Because he, he went from being a handler of Dr. Manhattan, who I mean, clearly needs no handler, you know? And so it's the, the position is sort of pointless to some degree. I mean, <laughs> he, and, and now he's escorting his, like, ex-client, uh, you know, his ex-client's ex-girlfriend to the bathroom. Just the look on his face just reads as, "Why am I doing this?" Or, well, it's probably pretty awkward, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you're kind of like, you're you're kind of like having sex with someone, and you come out to go to the bathroom, and you like run into their roommate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so she, it it. Kind of, it's one of those movie, like, not fights, because this really isn't a fight, but it's that 
very movie action where she just stops, you know, dead in her tracks and, and spins back, elbows him in the face and then throws him like head first into the bathroom. And it's, it, you know, it's very like action hero-y um, for this tiny little moment. Very Snydery. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, not, not only is it head first into the bathroom, but you know, mm. through the door, opening the door, <laughs> and the, and his head actually just perfectly hitting oh. the corner of the sink. Yeah, that's it's cringeworthy. A, a, great, a great Foley effect. Yeah, that noise. Yeah, there are certain things that like everyone. I'm assuming everyone can recall the noise of like that porcelain sink you know or the same thing of like if you ever take the porcelain top off of a the back of a toilet like everyone has that sound like in their head i think and this, yes you know when his head makes contact with the sink you know it's like <sighs> a heavy sink and you know that hurts so you you had you had to mention the porcelain top off the back of the toilet but just because that that sound anytime you like go to you know have to mess with the, the toilet like you have to lift the lid off and yeah you know just that little like grating kind of noise that it's it a makes. sound that has a feeling accompanied with yeah, it yeah yeah like, but but you know what other movie by minute podcast that is talked about in don't you Travis? Um, you don't remember the end of raiders a porcelain yeah no the end of raiders it's 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 the Ark of the Covenant. The, the oh. lid. They talked about that. So we, so one of the other movie by minutes is the Indiana Jones minute. Yes, again. <laughs> okay. And when they and when they covered gotcha. minute by minute Busted. Raiders Lost Ark, <laughs> they had to they figured they found that out. Okay. Wow, um, that's what they yeah. used for the foley. Yeah. Wow. I, it's it's been a, a full movie and and so sorry so sorry sorry for ruining it and that's yeah. how they kind of put it too it's like oh yeah. no that's movie magic just <laughs> yeah, really yeah, dispelled yeah, and dismantled yeah. <laughs> I guess but isn't that the spirit of the movie by minute isn't it it's a dismantle yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really is yeah I mean and especially like with Watchmen you know it was you know originally there to deconstruct the superhero genre so we're de- deconstructing the movie deconstructing you know, yeah. well definitely <laughs> and it needs it you can't just sit down and watch the movie obviously i mean like sure you might have seen it in the movie theater i'm sure that was an amazing experience i mean i, I saw it i kind of remember but it's meant to be enjoyed you're sitting on the couch you know you watch like 13 minutes you take a breather <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know you gotta, you gotta take it in. so there's a lot of there's a lot to take in yeah, and they made they made it this way too. I I promise you that, and you can it's it's evident. But wow, well, when you mentioned watching it in the theater, and just two nights ago uh, at a local theater, me uh, they did play Raiders of the Lost Ark there, and I tell oh, you, really? I did not think about that part. It's only when you mentioned it, Travis. <laughs> the, oh, yeah, I, you didn't think about it. You know, watching it. Well, ho- there, hopefully you don't notice that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I was into it. Yeah, you, I've seen it a hundred times. Well, and like speaking of the little things, and I know just just from the behind the scenes books that I have for Watchmen and the videos I've watched and the behind the scenes stuff and just the detail that they put into this movie, you know, from like a set design kind of perspective, um, 
on the coffee table that they're passing by as as she you know they're heading to the the bathroom there's a little mm-hmm. book on the on the coffee table and I thought oh I wonder what that is so I you know pulled up the the blu-ray version so I could get the you know clearer picture and it was uh, the book says masterpieces in paint and poetry uh, so I did a google search on that just you know expecting to find just a real book that, you know, just some probably, you know, just whatever, right. some real, you know, book about about art and stuff. Um, apparently it is because we've already talked about this. This room is a reference to The Man Who Fell to Earth, the David Bowie movie. Mm. Um, this room oh. and and the ping pong room that they, they, they just left is also a reference to that movie. And apparently – Somehow this book, let's see, it says uh, the book in the front is Masterpieces in Paint and Poetry, directly copied from a book that Thomas Newton produced. But instead, uh, McDowell, Alex McDowell from Watchmen, explained that mm-hmm. they stamped it Vite Enterprises. So even just the fact that this <laughs> so they book. They even put it in the world. Apparently. They didn't even just, just find it from the – pull the reference. They actually put it in – the Watchmen universe. Yeah, it's crazy. That's insane. Um, one question uh, I, I've been dying to ask you, and I'm so happy I can now. Happy when to answer you, it. when you are holding the Black Freighter comic, what mm-hmm. are you actually holding? I am actually holding the Black Freighter comic. Okay. Page for page. Man. It's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Did you get to keep it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's not get that excited now because, of course, I didn't get to keep it. I <laughs> right. wish. I, didn't I think so. I'm, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. I got to touch it. I, I, don't, I don't think I could handle the responsibility. I'm glad they didn't let me keep it, okay? <laughs> it's, it's, it's somewhere. It's somewhere for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's in that well, Raiders uh, uh, warehouse <laughs> at the end. Yeah. But, like, honestly, they're who, I, I, don't, I don't remember the exact person who made that. Whoever made that, he was proud of it. Everyone there. Sure, yeah. Was, and just that level of detail that you're talking about, they were seriously not only meticulous, but like just like in a level of enthusiasm that I still remember. I, I doubt it's been matched, you know, in just they were no, they must, they were knowing that you guys were going to still be going like, so I looked it up and still like, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 dec- it's a decade later. Right. You know? And there's there's still stuff in there, so yeah, that was mm. pretty special. But yeah, it was it was an exact copy. Man, that's great. Yeah, of the Black Freighter. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure because I knew in certain scenes with, especially the ultimate cut, where it cuts to the book you're holding, mm-hmm. and then you know it becomes animated. I didn't know if maybe it was some kind of. Like what you were holding was almost like a a book with green screen in yeah. the pages or something. <laughs> Uh, that might have been something at some point that they switched out. Okay. I doubt it. I don't really, I don't really remember that. But what sure. I think, I mean, what I do remember is them having, they had very specific needs for how I could hold. Okay. You know, sure. The book and stuff like that because you know, camera and not only that, and... with, well, with the positioning of the camera because with the ultimate cut, they actually go into it. You know, so there were multiple times where they actually went into the, um, the black freighter. Yeah. Like the, the the animated version. Yeah. So they they got all that just in case. Mm. And 
I'm sure there was even more stuff that they never even did release. But they, they, I was there for eight days, okay. which is, you know, <laughs> that's a long time. Eight, mm. eight days for principal shooting and then another day for, um, for uh, green screen, which okay. was in the studio. And that was pretty amazing, too. That was in the same studio that they had Vite's Lair, that mm-hmm. they had like a lot of really crazy stuff. That yep. I got to see, yeah, and it, and it was like, yeah, it was, fa- it was like, how could I ever forget all that stuff? Mm. Thinking about it now, because you know, it's something I really think about every day. Sure. But in the upcoming of this, I was, I've been thinking about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And there's actually, they really gave that experience really gave me a lot of like, you know, memories. Like now, I think about it, it's crazy. You know, yeah. I was 16 years old or whatever, and it's so now to think about even just like going through looking at like. You know, watching the movie and stuff and seeing different scenes and stuff and being having like an actual like that, uh, you know, that I am Ozzy Mandias, King of Kings, you know, yeah, that, that poem yeah. thing, the statue. I've seen that in person, mm. <laughs> you know, with like all the glass on the ground. Like, it's crazy. Oh, man. It's crazy. So and not only that, but like the, the filmmaking process to watch Zack Snyder, how he operates and just like the cacophony of really, you know, genius, hardworking, creative talents, you know, yeah, coming together. I mean, like, you really need a visionary to complement those individual, you know, it's like, it, it was really a symphony of insanely talented people at the height of their, you know, abilities. And they created a masterpiece essentially that has been enjoyed for like years to come. Not only that, but also inspired the, the film economy. Like they put, they put a studio of six New York city blocks on the ground in Vancouver. And that thing remained there. Uh, and remains until this day. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of deteriorated now. They use it for like post-apocalyptic sort of scenes, but they built six New York City blocks. <laughs> so that infrastructure, that's infrastructure. That actually, that actually helped it change the economy. This was a massive, massive production that left a lasting imprint, you know? So, yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Yeah. I could go on. <laughs> oh, and please do. <laughs> um, um, let's see what we can maybe transition a little bit back toward the minute and then I'm sure that hopefully will uh, yeah, drum up yeah, some absolutely. more memories or, or get us off on, you know, more wonderful tangents. <laughs> um, uh, so Forbes kind of comes back to, I like it, it's a slightly longer fade to black than I think you would expect. Like um, it was just really nice, like one or two seconds longer than, than I would expect i guess and then you know he starts fumbling with the handcuffs and everything and she says don't you understand the only thing that can bring john back is john and if he wants to find me he will and for some reason that line reading to me comes across very almost like it fits in a terminator movie of them like Mm -hmm. trying to hide and protect you know sarah connor and like her being over it and just deciding to go out on her own that kind of thing so it's 
That's a good point. Like we kind of talked a little bit um, before we started recording. Like, you know, is she being? She's not really being held hostage. She's, but we're not certain. Is she free to go? Obviously, she doesn't see. Doesn't believe she's free to go if she feels like she has to, you know, subdue Agent Forbes in order to get away. Right. So it, it's very unclear as to what their plans are with, with Lori here. I think her instincts are correct. Yeah. You know, because considering who she is, she's 10 steps ahead of these guys. They haven't really raised the alarms yet that they're going to keep her there. They don't think they have to. So if she ever is going to escape, it really has to be now. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it is, you know, it's the government and it's Nixon's government. So, yeah, who knows if, you know, if she would ever see the light of day again. Like they could easily throw her in like a, a containment cell for observation or something and never be seen again. You know, who knows? And Dr. Manhattan's gone. So who's to stop them now? Right. It's uh, it's sort of odd to me though that we have this 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 scene really like um, because it goes from from her leaving John initially um, when she kind of tells him that you know, she doesn't want the responsibility or, or I forget how that scene plays out but um, anyway she leaves John and then she meets up with Dan they have an alley fight like you do and then. <laughs> You know, next time we see her, it's she's here with with these agents, and essentially then she leaves again. So it's like it, they kind of doubled down on her making the choice to head out on her own. Because mm -hmm. when she was with Dan, um, she even says like um, she left. She tells him, you know, she left John and everything, and we finally get to see this character who. Uh, up until this point has just been, you know, like in her words, you know, she's been a prisoner in her life long enough. And, and so now she's, you know, taking back her agency and, you know, making decisions for herself. But we, we kind of get this twice then. So I don't know if it's exposition. Well, just to hammer the point home. Yeah. I mean, it's true. She ha She has been her whole life. You know, between her her mom and every, and then sure. the expectations, of, you know, that come with being a superhero, she's kind of been stuck being, you know, she really have a, she can't just take a day off. <laughs> yeah. So that's true. Yeah. Eric, what do you think? Um. Yeah. I mean, that that's a good point that you had there, Jesse. I think that you know, it's not just. You know, the times that she's been with uh, Dr. Manhattan and kind of been under the thumb of the government as well because of that to kind of be a soothing whatever kind of oh. play thing for him. But but previous yeah. to that, her, her, her superhero life under her mom, mom's right. uh, tutelage and what have you. Yeah. I hadn't even considered the time with oh, okay. Doc, Dr. Manhattan, too. Yeah, she's, right. her, she's, you know, his play thing. It's like when does she actually get to just have her own her own yeah. agency? Something really happened when that guy's head banged up against the toilet. And and even yeah. when she does have a a reason, or, you know, she has maybe a, a thought in her own mind that she'd like to see Dan and have dinner with him, whatever, whatever you know, platonically. 
Right. Dr. Manhattan still you know, says, I know what you're going to say before she even thinks it, maybe, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know you're you're going to ask to go see Dan. <laughs> yeah. That scene always it, it, doing this show, that scene now yeah. rubs me the wrong way because it's like, she didn't choose to do that. You told her what she was going to do. And, and, you know, so it's that weird. And like, then again, yeah. It's yeah. like the removal of, of her free will right, by right. predicting it happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shall we cut to Adrian's office? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's uh, based on the uh, timeline in uh, Rich Handley's uh, Watching Time book. Uh, it is two days after the disappearance of uh, Manhattan on TV. So just in order of like kind of where we're at, it's been uh, two days since he disappeared. So That's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we got this nice uh, shot that pulls back away from Adrian. And uh, should we talk about this purple suit that he's, uh, that we see a little bit of the back? It's, uh, it's quite a thing to see. <laughs> it's like it defies hue saturation. <laughs> it's, it's either dark purple or it's jet black. There are no like gradients or shades. It's just, Right. I feel like it's just because it they, they might have post processed the color in it to make it a color that does not exist in fabric. I don't know what they did, but it's it is just we, which is a common which sure. is a common theme to like that sort of subtle tweaking they do with the visuals and stuff too. Yeah. I mean, we don't get that's really the only look at Adrian we get in this minute. Um just from the back of him here, and I hate his haircut. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going over the shirt or or tur- turtleneck, maybe, or black, mm. you know, button down, whichever it is. I think it's tur- turtleneck. Yeah. yeah. And um, so obviously, we we're seeing him looking out his window, um, mm-hmm. based on where the Empire State Building is located, which is just to the left of his window um we can tell that you know that's which the empire state building sits on 34th street and he's so he's looking south uh twin towers are like right you know past him you know kind of in in our eye line here and then we have airships in the sky so where is he where where do you think is he is i think his building is around 38th 37th street maybe 38th um oh shit that's weird yeah <laughs> um in the beginning of the movie we had you know a look at where eddie's apartment is and i think it's a little bit further north uh closer like bryant park maybe um mm-hmm. based on again where the the buildings kind of sit in in relative position so um earlier on in the movie that was this has kind of been one of my things of, of trying to pinpoint locations um, in and around, you know, the, the scenes and stuff. So, right. That's really cool. I, you should post that somewhere. Uh, I should, I should make a, like a Google map. I think you can like make drop pins in a Google map. Yeah. And I've been calling yeah. it the, uh, the Watchmen walking tour. Um, <laughs> I mean, that would be a pretty cool tour. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, that would be like, if you, if you put those flags out, 
I just moved to New York like a year ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought you were like six, in New York. six or eight months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just moved here recently, so like I've actually it's weird. Yeah. Seeing re and just rewatching not just Watchmen but like lots of iconic movies and stuff. Well, you never even I mean you sure. realize they're in New York, but you actually can see things. <laughs> yeah. And you you can see things in movies that you've seen a million times. And you can now kind of like recognize them in the background. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So I haven't even begun to even think about. I mean, I, I know the Twin Tower. I mean, I mean it's uh, iconically yeah. so in New yeah. York, but I never thought about actually pinpointing the location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing I love about like him looking out the window is that we have uh, airships. I think there are two of is them in the, in the airship. Yeah, I, I don't think that one's in here yet. I think that one pops up either in the next minute. Um, there's like two, and they're off in the distance. They look more like blimps. Mm-hmm. One of them might be a, a Gunga Diner blimp, but I, they they look more like blimps, I guess. But certainly the Gunga Diner one pops up. Yeah, I think it's next minute or Friday's minute. I'm not. Certain. Right, um, but it's just weird because I, I, airships have been making like the rounds a lot for me lately in podcasts. It's it's mm-hmm. a weird thing to say. Um, I just listened to an episode of Ninety Nine Percent Invisible, which is a really good podcast about like design of things, everyday things that you wouldn't really think about, and they talk oh, a lot sweet. about um, airships and whether like they were designed to be doomed, you know, kind of um, from the, from their inception and, and everything and then um like we were just talking about indiana jones minute they recently had a lot to say about airships because they're covering you know uh, last crusade and there's a big section with a like a zeppelin in, in it and i think there was one other but I, I can't remember now but so i that's an interesting uh, thought what if they were just never made to actually work out <laughs> yeah and it's interesting that they're so prominent in, you know, our alternate universe. Yeah. Here in Watchmen too, because they are everywhere during the well, comic and, and, and the movie too. Yeah, and it's one of those sites that you associate so much, I think, with fascism and mm. things like that a lot. I mean, I mean, certainly we have yeah. blimps now, like Goodyear blimp and things like that. But when you see a blimp in the sky, it, it, to me, it feels more. Um, police blimps or it seems more uh authoritative i guess true and ominous too you think about the yeah when has a blimp ever been successful in what it does (laughs) right never (laughs) so then we've got uh um we hear let's see someone talking to uh adrian about um, without Dr. Manhattan being around to bully the Russians into peace, the people are going to need good old-fashioned energy to rely on. And uh, who is this guy? Well, the character is uh, Lee Iacocca. Yeah. Which I am the right age to remember <laughs> in the like late 80s, early 90s commercials that he actually appeared in. Oh, really? As the, C- as the CEO of Chrysler. Okay. Oh, wow. Company. And, and he, you know, I mean, you didn't see that from Ford or... yeah. GM, but but huh. he had become the CEO. I think in probably in the mid '80s. I think and uh, yeah, he said, "I'll I'll, I'll appear in these commercials and I'll huh. stand by the product." Okay, so That's does it. does Walter... well? That was back when you could, and no yeah. one would actually know. They'd be like, "Well, it's Ernest." Yeah. 
Yeah. I trust that guy selling me oil. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think Walter Addison plays a good Lee Iacocca? Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I really think I understood who it was supposed to be because yeah. I don't. I forget. Uh, is he in the comic? Uh, no. The, the idea of the Lee Iacocca character. Um, I've got that. I don't think it was the, in the comic. I've got comics, that chapter so. here yeah. in front of me, but I think it's more. He's talking to somebody more about the toy line. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just him and his secretary in the yeah. in these pages, and it's yeah. There's nothing about a uh, business meeting or anything like that. So. Right. So, so my point being is that, you know, you know, even though I had read the I'd read the book a couple years prior ish, sure. probably. And then going to see the movie in the theater. And I'm pretty sure I, I very much understood what was going on, you know. Yeah, it was recognizable to me. But but for people that were that are you know, younger, younger, like both of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and certainly like the first time I watched it, it was it was clear to me who this was because the other guy says Lee. Yeah. Uh, well, and even uh, later, uh, Adrian says Mr. Iacocca. So that mm-hmm. you know, also he does say him. that at one point. Yeah, um, but yeah, I looked up a picture of Lee Iacocca, and it's I've never seen him to you know that I can recall, anyways. And I think Walter Addison looks pretty good. As, <laughs> does as it look like him though? Pretty much. Yeah, I think so. I wasn't sure. That's kind of why I was asking Eric. Like, I don't know. As far as like his voice and and the way he performs here, I didn't know if that kind of because I've, I've obviously never seen him like in a video or something. I'm sure I could look look something up on YouTube, but oh yeah, yeah. With uh, it, like like I said, with those commercials, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We'll have to post that, yeah, in our group, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Walter Addison, though he's been he's you know been pretty steadily busy since the late '80s. He was. Like stuff that I'm definitely aware of was like MacGyver, Cheers, Murphy Brown, and Matlock, and then mm-hmm. on and on into the uh, '90s and and even you know 2000s and stuff. And wow, just another like like a like a character guy. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I love that we have we're we're seeing kind of the back of Adrian, and and it pulls back, and you've got. Um, his desk, it's ultra modern. Um, he's just looking out at, you know, glass. And so everything's very minimalist and he's almost, you could almost believe that he's looking out into the future kind of thing. Like he's thinking about the future because he's being told about, you know, mm. that he, he's trying to take away the good old fashioned this and that. And, and then when the camera switches position, and you see the uptight old businessmen behind them are these you know ancient egyptian looking statues and stone architecture so it's just very old versus new kind of thing and in terms of business and in terms of who these people are and i really like the the juxtaposition there of um you know get you got adrian just by himself with all of his new newness and then these there's like six i think yeah something like yeah like five or six of these older guys and and with all the old stuff behind him and it's just i really like the the way they play off each other and that he's looking like you said he's looking off out into the future that's a wow that's a really 
it's like stark observation there because he, he you know you you're right you got the future in the front and then it's like the past yeah. at his back too well and especially we know that he and uh dr manhattan before he split like they were working on like some energy you know this this energy device so we can we can assume that this meeting is because a couple of days ago they finally you know completed their breakthrough mm-hmm. in this energy project that they've been working on and so now right. i guess this is uh adrian telling all these guys like hey uh we're, we're not going to need your oil and and automobiles yeah. anymore we're, we're going to change everything so and this is going to be free <laughs> right exactly <laughs> yeah by the way <laughs> yeah yeah well free is just another word for socialist <laughs> okay and that that line besides <laughs> For or, or besides the word socialist at the end, that is a it related to a song in this movie. You know okay. that, Travis? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know Jesse? Which song? Uh, Janis Joplin's yeah. "Me and Bobby McGee." Oh. Written by Chris Christopherson. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, actor mm. and apparently yeah. musician, <laughs> and songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, I love it. Um. There's a few. Was like, that in the Was that in the in the graphic novel too? Um, I don't think so. Just because like there there was no Adrian meeting with with business types that I can recall. Maybe there's oh, some yeah, some this is part of where they work it into the the new the new ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But who knows? With, with the way the book is, there's so much of that supplemental stuff in in the end of each issue, and it's. You know, I've read the book so many times, but even I haven't absorbed everything. So there might be mm-hmm. something alluding to, you know, Lee Iacocca or just just various like uh, Adrian working with other businesses. Uh, who knows? Um, although in the book, like in at this point, are there already a lot of electric vehicles running around town? I think there are. So yeah, it's a little different, prob- isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this kind of situation's probably already been dealt with in the book at this point. So right. Um, yeah, I don't know. What a massive undertaking! Yeah, the, yeah. Like to to do the the whole alternate, even just like the the timeline of it. Mm-hmm. You know, with the twin towers and everything, they had to uh, imagine and think that Doctor Manhattan would just completely negate and would never be. <laughs> yeah. You know. But I like how they, I like how they also incorporated the soundtrack too, because they picked they picked songs that like everyone knew. Like I was just watching sort of the intro too. Oh yeah. And saw how they, you know, redid all the the hist- historic events with the, you know. Yeah. The, you know, I know this is like beginner stuff, but like, wow. Oh no! Please. <laughs> yeah. Anything... I just, I, you know, I thought that was like. It's almost like a like the logical timeline that you have to keep in your head to me feels so massive <laughs> and also the um just like a cornerstone of like good writing too is to have a strong universe that you can like sort of drop characters into and have them do their human thing too you know because they'll like uh, between Silk Spectre and and Dan and even Dr. Manhattan he's so superhuman but like he's missing this humanity that just makes him, you know, he's still kind of a human too, because yeah. in you see how human he is and how he's like 
missing a humanity too. And I also, oh, what did I, I was reading something in like a, a Reddit thing a few days ago, a few weeks ago or something maybe. Um, um, I don't know who it was, but they were just talking about how Dr. Manhattan being made into Dr. Manhattan in the first place, Nick, like negates him being Dr. Manhattan at all because <laughs> he just doesn't want to admit that there's a soul mm. or like he doesn't think, he, you know, it's like, he, but he had to, what was it that he pieced back together when he came back, back to be? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm like but, articulating yeah. it differently, but then I read it, but like, damn. Yeah. Yeah. It, we, it, we got, we got pretty close to touching on that kind of yeah. take on it. Just oh really? Like a week or two ago, yeah. Uh, maybe I heard it. Maybe I heard it yeah. on this or something. I forget where it was, but it's kind of crazy. Yeah, especially going back to just the the whole aspect of him reass- learning to reassemble things from his father and the watchmaking, and and yeah, it's interesting that the one thing he wouldn't have to you know add to that puzzle is hmm. is this you know a soul? Yeah. Hmm. That might be a good place to wrap this one up. <laughs> if I may, real quick, the uh, I, I don't oh, think please. we mentioned the um, the other actor that oh, does no, have a little right. bit of the dialogue there, um, Keith Martin Gordy. You know, and, and I think all IMDb indicates is auto CEO. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I wondered if this guy was anybody historical, but yeah, I guess not. He's he's another Canadian regular, at least as far as being on Supernatural. Was that's right. The one I know. <laughs> Smallville. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, that's Vancouver. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's got Vancouver written all over it. And his last name is Gordy, so. I feel oh yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah, that's good, pretty good Canadian, Canadian name. Yeah. Yeah, good Canadian name. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Got anything else on this one? I'm good. We still want to, uh, uh, um, if, if get kind of any little plugs. Yeah, if Jesse, absolutely. If you have. Um, do I have any plugs? Mm-hmm. Uh, whew, I don't. I don't know. Well, um, was this on the Crossing, the TV show? I don't. I don't know which episode. <laughs> um, oh, uh, the Detour. I don't think that's aired yet, or maybe it aired in April. I'm obviously the worst at this. <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, no, I don't have anything to plug. But, oh, oh, you can follow me. You can follow me on uh, on Twitter or Instagram, Jesse Reed nine nine. Or you could not do that, and my life would be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs a little Jesse Reed in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> you can follow you can follow Jesse and uh, and ask him if you'd like him to be on your podcast, and maybe he'll say no, but maybe he'll Anytime. say yes, like he did for us. I'll say yes. Yay. I'll say yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's really uh, great to have you on this first minute, and we'll yeah. cool see you again on Friday. Is the is what's planned? So let's let's hope that ha- happens, works out. Okay, Friday. Um, you you can stay time. on our couches for two nights, but not be here in the middle one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Everyone can uh, check us out over at uh, on Twitter and, and and Instagram at Watchmen Minute. And our Facebook page is at facebook.com slash Watchmen Minute. And the uh, group that we talked a little bit about earlier is called the Crime Busters Listener Society. That's our Facebook group where hopefully we can uh, talk more about Jesse and and his works. Yeah. (laughs) 
So we'll see you again, Jesse, in a couple days, and we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 89 on Thursday. See Jesse back on Friday. And until then, who watches The Watchmen? We We do. do. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. Watchmen are over. My!